0: The reading is taken from Luke chapter 6 verses 36 to 45. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look for the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good person brings good things out of the good stored up in their heart. And an evil person brings evil things from the evil stored up in their heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God indeed and good morning. Hello everybody, my name is Lissy. It is a pleasure to be with you here this morning. I um, am a lay member of this church. I've been here for probably more than 10 years and um, my work is all around the area of spiritual accompaniment and holding contemplative spaces to foster a deepening practice and experience of faith. So I think it's important at the outset of this talk this morning to say to you that I am not a scholar, I am not an academic, I'm not even a priest in the Church of England, but I am a lay person and I am a pilgrim on the journey with you with a desire to grow in deepening awareness and love of our Lord Jesus. So it is in that spirit that I offer you my thoughts and reflections on this passage. So let's just take a moment to be quiet together, maybe to feel your body take a nice big inhale and a nice long exhale. And I just want to invite you to take stock briefly, just to notice how you are this morning as you sit in worship. and maybe to notice what it is that you've come to worship today for, whether you're worshiping in person or online. Why have you come to worship today? So let's ask the Lord that we will have the grace that our hearts might be open and ready to receive even just one nugget of insight or truth from his heart as we sit together in God's presence this morning. Lord, that we might receive one nugget or insight of truth from your heart to our hearts this morning. Amen. I want to tell you two stories. One of them happened, well, they both happened to me when I was in a time of a little bit of distress, a little bit of time of need, a slightly tricky moment. One of them happened about 20 years ago when I was, in living, in, when I was living in Belfast. I had come over from the States to be a youth worker in a church, and um, I actually found myself at quite a low ebb whilst I was there. I was in, in, a, in a difficult space in myself mentally, emotionally, and... Um, I was really, really, really looking forward to a visit from my mom and dad and my sister who were coming, and we were going to have a little tour around Ireland, and I was sort of getting myself to that point, because I, I, was, I was in a tough spot, and um, sadly, my mom and dad had to cancel. I can't honestly remember why, but they couldn't come, and only my sister was able to come, which was lovely, but we had planned this trip around Ireland, and anyway, I had my sister. And very, very, very unexpectedly, a couple in the church gave me, gave my sister and I 500 pounds so that we could travel around Ireland for the week. It was just like, wow, so huge. It was very, actually quite difficult to accept a gift like that. But I was encouraged to accept it and receive it. An incredibly generous generous and beautiful gift. The second story is something that happened to me about 10 years ago. I was living here. I had a child in preschool. We had friends from France over staying with us, and I'd taken them down to Stratford for a bit of a touristy day out, and we were sat having lunch, and um, all of a sudden, not an unusual experience for me I realized I had really not quite enough time to get back to preschool to collect the child so it was like rush to the car get the parking and it was before we could pay for the parking on our phones and as I was trying to pay for my parking to get out of the garage I realized I did not have the coins I needed to pay for the parking to get out to get the child in time so I didn't have time to go back to town to get the money it was like stress stress so obviously I just turned to the nearest person and said Is there any way I could borrow 50p? I'm so sorry. So so there was a couple. Not unlike the couple who so generously gave me that money. There was a couple. They were about a generation older than me. They were well-dressed. And they were just disgusted that I had asked them for 50p. It was just like... Ugh! They looked at me like I was dirty, like I was foreign, like I was not washed. It was just like this, they kind of just, ugh. So they rummaged through and threw a few coins at me. They gave me like 40p and I had to say, I'm so sorry, but it was awful, 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 awful. And I was going, please give me your address, I will post you the money. And they were like, would never give their personal details to somebody like that. Not generous in purse or in heart. Two very different stories. I wonder when you last had the opportunity to be generous to somebody and where that opportunity took you. When you last had the opportunity to be generous and where that took you. Our text today opens with this first little section do not judge and you will not be judged. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. We have this image here on the screen of where this, this picture, this phrase comes from. I love this phrase. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. Isn't that such beautiful language? You just want to sort of eat it and wallow in those lovely words. So we have here in the marketplace the measure of grain or spice being poured into the lap that's made out of the cloth around the belt. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This phrase measure for measure comes from this Hebrew phrase. I'm not a Hebrew anything, but I've learned this. Medah keneged medah, which means which means this sense of the equal and opposite in the face of the equal and opposite. So we translate it measure for measure. And this is an idea, a concept that Jesus would have been very familiar with that would have flowed very much through the teaching of his spiritual heritage. And in fact, we can assume that all of the Jewish characters in our gospel stories would have been familiar with this idea, measure for measure, what is equal in the face of what is equal and opposite. We see it first in the law, you will be familiar with this phrase from uh, Leviticus chapter 24, anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You know this, you're familiar with this. And in that context, it's it's sort of this sense of retributive justice that the punishment must be equal and opposite or equal to the crime equal in measure to the crime. But again, this idea kind of flows through the prophets. We have it in Isaiah, through the wisdom literature. We have it in the Proverbs, through the stories of the people, of the Hebrew people. And today, you can find rabbis who will teach on the 10 plagues that were inflicted on the Israelites, each being a reflection of something that the uh, sorry, the plagues, Egypt, uh, the plagues inflicted on the Egyptians being equal to something that they had inflicted on the Israelites, culminating with Pharaoh saying that he would uh, drown every Hebrew boy, and ultimately Pharaoh's army was what? Drowned. Medah k'neged medah, measure for measure. So this is this idea. And it refers to both a sense of crime and punishment and also a sense of cause and effect. So in today's reading, Jesus says, a good man or a good person brings good things out of the good stored up in their heart, cause and effect. An evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart, cause and effect measure for measure. And the Apostle Paul in Galatians said, a man reaps what he sows. Again, measure for measure. Okay, so you'll see that this this concept kind of weaves through our thinking. It's a Jewish idea. It's one of our ideas. And um, you'll be familiar with it too. So I want you to say out loud, finish these phrases for me, okay? Out loud, use your voices. You play with fire. You're going to get you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Thank you. Does anybody know who said that? Jesus. Well, it's on. Does anybody know when Jesus said that? Say it again. Last Supper. Last supper. It, was, it was in Gethsemane when his companion took out the sword and sliced off the ear of the servant of the high priest. And Jesus said, put your sword back in its place. All who draw the sword will die by the sword. Put your sword back in its place. All who draw the sword will die by the sword. So I wonder what you are drawing up out of your mouth and out of your heart. When did you last have the opportunity to be generous to someone? And where did that lead you? Jesus does talk about this. He talks about that there, uh, the, the sword. He talks about that here in this passage. He talks about it in the Sermon on the Mount. Some of the parables reflect this thinking. But I really want to look at the Lord's Prayer that we just prayed together. We have all just said out loud, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us as though the measure of God's forgiveness is linked to the measure of our forgiveness for other people. In Matthew's Gospel, after the delivery of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive people, your Father will not forgive you. I want to show you how I see this, and watch my hands while I say this again. If you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you do not forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. From our text today, it said, give and it will be given to you. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Out the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And it's almost this picture. This is how I see this. It's as though Jesus is inviting us into this flow, this river, this sort of waterfall of grace, of forgiveness, of generosity, of love. Perhaps you could call it the flow of the Spirit, I'm gonna say that again, and then I'm gonna just be quiet for a minute so it can sink in. It's as though Jesus is inviting us into a flow, a flow of forgiveness, a flow of generosity, a flow of grace, a flow of love, the flow of the Spirit. And for the third time, I'm going to ask you, when did you last have the opportunity to be generous to somebody? And where did that take you? Another way I picture it is like this, the lens of a camera. When the aperture opens, a lot of light is allowed in to change the film. And then when the aperture closes, a different amount of light is allowed in. So the camera lens opens and closes to allow different amounts of light in to impact the picture. And the pupils of our eyes are doing this all the time, opening and closing to manage the amount of light that's coming into our vision. What if our hearts are doing something similar? What if we can open and close our hearts to decide how much light gets in. What if the aperture of my heart determines the amount of light and love and forgiveness and generosity and grace that I can not only give but receive? So, looking at this picture of the waterfall again, it's almost as though we are all standing in an infinite flow of the Spirit, an infinite flow of forgiveness, of generosity, of kindness, of love, of patience. And... If I'm only able to allow a tiny trickle of forgiveness, kindness, or love out of my heart, it's as though I'm standing in this infinite flow of all these good things, but I only have the capacity for a tiny trickle to come into me, to be received. So back to our picture of the beakers. I don't know if I have it again, but all those little measuring beakers. If I choose a teeny tiny beaker, to forgive with, then that's how much space I'll have left for forgiveness to come in to my heart. Measure for measure. The rest of today's passage is really about being able to see. It talks about the blind leading the blind. It talks about removing a log from our eyes before we remove a speck from somebody else's eye. And I do think when we look at, um, yeah, so no, (laughs) I'm going to back up a little bit. This idea of being able to see. I want to draw to your attention how profoundly and fundamentally important our image of God. And our understanding of who we are and how God sees us is. So the way that we see God and the way that we see ourselves will shape almost all of our thinking, our self-talk, our behaviors, our attitudes, the ways that we engage with other people. So here Jesus talks talks to us about the way that we see. Can the blind lead the blind? So here we have this measure for measure thing and it's almost as though uh, the measure of my understanding of God is going to be equal to the measure of my teacher's understanding of God. So I just want to invite you to take a moment to be mindful about who, who, who is shaping and informing your picture, your understanding of who God is. Whose teaching do you listen to regularly? What podcasts are you listening to? What books are you reading? Who are you speaking to in your small groups? Who are your friends? Who are your preachers? Who are the voices in your ear that are shaping your understanding of God? And in this context, I think the key question is, are those teachers inviting you to grow in an openness? to your receptivity and understanding of this eternal, infinite flow of love and grace and mercy. Something to be reflective about. How do you see? And the next little bit that Jesus talks to us about um, is about looking at ourselves before we look at other people the speck of sawdust in my eye, in my brother's eye, the plank in my own eye. And I think that the invitation here really is to be self-reflective and really to be self-aware. To be self-aware. I know that in my own experience, the more time and space I take to attend to my inner self, to be aware and present to what's going on, to the patterns of my behavior, to the emotions that are rising, the more time I take to sit with those things and to sit with people who, who help me to hold space to sit with those things lovingly, the more space I create within myself for God's presence to flow through me. So as we think about this little passage that I am assuming that you're, largely familiar with? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, when in fact you have a plank in your eye? I think the invitation here is to tend to your own heart, to notice your interior movements, to practice awareness of instincts and habits and motivations and the way that words are impacting and affecting people around you, so taking time in prayer, in journal, in conversation, to reflect. I wonder if you have a practice of being honest with yourself, or if you have people in your life who really encourage you to be very real and open and honest about what is happening for you and how it's happening and where God is in those spaces. I hear Jesus saying here that you are invited to soften and open your heart. The greater measure, that a greater measure of love and forgiveness and generosity and kindness might flow into you and through you. Measure for measure. So I wonder if one thing that I've said there has felt a little bit interesting for you. If one thing has sort of felt like, hmm, that's interesting, I want to invite you just to note that. And possibly take it away with you. So I have um, a song that I'm going to play for you in a moment. And really what we're going to move into now for the next five minutes or so is just a little bit of space to reflect, Okay? It might be that actually there was a phrase in that text that you found interesting that was nothing to do with what I said. That's also how the spirit (laughs) is likely working. Um, But we're just gonna have a few minutes to reflect on what's going on here, on these ideas, on these thoughts, on this passage, on your own self and on your own heart. So before we move into this, um, firstly I want to just ask three questions. If one of them grabs you, then I invite you to sit with that for the next few minutes. Perhaps you want to ask the Lord, is there a particular restriction in my heart that you are inviting me to loosen today? Is there a particular restriction in my heart that you are inviting me to loosen today? Or perhaps you want to ask the Lord, towards whom would you like me to release my condemnation and my judgment? Towards whom are you inviting me to release my condemnation and my judgment? Or perhaps, where would you have me offer a greater measure of kindness and generosity, forgiveness and love? And maybe it's to yourself. Maybe it's to yourself. Okay, so we're going to listen to this song. Um, I will invite, in a minute, I'll invite those of you who would like to, to stand up. And I'm going to, I personally find um, moving my body a really helpful way to engage with what I'm thinking about and praying about. So I'm going to give you a suggestion of three movements that you might want to play with while we listen to this song. You can do them in really tiny ways, or you can do them in big, giant ways like me or anything in between. It's all good because this is your space to reflect. But the three movements I'm going to suggest, one are um, about like stepping down into this river. So we're just going to sort of imagine that we're going down into the river. (laughs) So the movement is this kind of like drawing your hands up, like you're going down into the river. The second movement is just imagining that you are in that waterfall of grace and letting it flow over you, into your heart, and out of you, okay? And the third movement is just to take that sense of sort of a tight or constricted heart and to open it up. So we just use our body to express our prayer. So there's a sense of going down into the river, receiving the waterfall of grace, forgiveness, kindness, love, and mercy of the Holy Spirit, receiving it and letting it flow through us and out of us, and opening our heart. It's not like you have to do each one at a certain word. You just do it as it works for you. Again, it can be tiny, it can be whatever, okay? You're also welcome to sing along, hum, pray, but whatever you do with this song, just let it be a prayer. Maybe give the folks in your row a little bit of space. Just let this be prayerful, whatever that looks like for you. So if you'd like to stand up, please do. And again, I invite you to offer your own heart to the Lord in this space. To ask the Lord by his grace and goodness and kindness to help you know how to go down in that river and open yourself more fully to his presence. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lissy. We'll stay standing. We'll let the band come back. I'm going to finish by worshipping the King. Jesus is the King who died, who rose again, who pours out his spirit, who's made each of us unique. As we were praying before the service, we were praying into the daffodil theme. But all around us, are all sorts of other flowers, crocuses and snowdrops and tulips, and all sorts we're all made differently. And we need to become the people God's made us to be by repenting of our sin, by letting his river flow over us and wash us clean and fill us and then out through us. So let's worship the Lord. I think the band are ready. Let's worship.